Well, that is a lot of fucking. Street Fighter is just going to reek of vaginal fluids flowing through the banks of every river of Thailand. Radio Drone. Thursday nights, I am Josh Hadley playing with my joystick. Is Cecil T punching his buttons? Uh, apparently. What about Alex, who's actually back this week? Are you putting your quarter in the slot? Yes, I am. And yes, I'm being very not subtle about talking video game movies tonight and video games on TV and whatnot. Before that, if you really want to play with something, you could get something from adamandeve.com using the promo code DROME, where they would give you 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free mystery gift, and free U.S. shipping. And that would give you something to play with for a long time, and you'd get more more enjoyment out of it than a coin-op, probably. Now, I don't know. I mean, those those coin-operated beds where they shake you around, you know, I don't know. It's kind of fun. Magic fingers? Or, or, or those coin-operated peep shows with the glass, and you just put the quarters in? Ah, yeah, I do remember those. I, I did see one of those once. We're going to talk video game movies. When you when you think of video game movies, what what is the one that comes to your mind first? It can be a good one, it can be a bad one, but for you, what exemplifies a video game movie just in your personal opinion i wouldn't say exemplifies but double dragon always comes to mind that's always the first one i think of that's like my go-to video game movie and it's pretty unremarkable in comparison to the good ones out there like mortal kombat or the terrible ones out there like well double dragon for me i always have to go back to super mario brothers whenever i think video game movies that always comes to mind well we'll be talking about that more later To me, I actually don't go to the video game movies when I think about it. Since I'm a little older than you guys, I remember Saturday Supercade and the Pac-Man cartoon. I remember the video game cartoons. That's that's where my mind goes, because that was the first kind of iteration of video games on the screen. Before anyone ever thought a video game movie could be made, they tried these out on TV and kind of worked. Both Saturday Supercade and Pac-Man lasted two seasons. You're talking about the Pac-Man where Santa Claus crashes into Pac-Land? 
And they well, got that was the Christmas. Christmas. That was the Christmas special. But that yeah, there was two seasons of that show. Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair was sort of a kind of not really spinoff of Saturday Supercade. Because Saturday Supercade was sort of an anthology show. The first season had Frogger, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Hubert, and Pitfall all in their own little, like, 15-minute adventures in an hour-long show. In season two, they dumped Donkey Kong, Frogger, or Donkey Kong Jr., Frogger, and Pitfall, replaced it with Kangaroo, Space Ace, and they were going to replace it with or they were going to bring in Dragon's Lair, but somebody got the bright idea that Dragon's Lair could stand on its own, so that got its own half-hour show. Well, I remember Dragon's Lair, they, didn't they have, like, the breaks where, like, at, at the 15-minute mark, they would say, you know, is Dirk the Daring going to do this or this? And then when they would come uh, back... Not the 15-minute mark, every commercial break. The, every, the, uh, every commercial break would lead into that, and then you'd find out what happened after the commercial break. So probably three of those an episode pretty unique kind of following the structure of the games honestly yeah exactly when you go to saturday supercade you've also got just weird things like when you think of frogger it's the frog trying to cross the road and not get hit by a car right so for the cartoon he's a reporter that works for a national Enquirer type newspaper run out of the swamp makes sense right well he's got to cross the road to get all the big stories i guess there are roads in swamps Hubert ones and in like a 1950s world where he's a, a greaser and then the snakes and all that are like a bad biker gang and these were weird interpretations of video games for Saturday Supercade man these were weird ones but then you had other ones like remember Mutant League football and Mutant League hockey which became that horrendous Mutant League TV show that lasted two seasons on I think it was Fox Kids in the 90s I know the games but I didn't know about the shows it's bad. They're really, really bad. Remember, this is that early 90s era where, for whatever reason, somebody decided we're going to take big polygon-style CGI, and that'll mesh very well with 2D line animation, like Transformers Generation 2 and Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and Mutant League. These things looked terrible then. They look worse now. Polygons. That's all I, I Like, they had the polygon thing going back then. It must have looked awful. Well, and they had one I missed. Earthworm Jim had his own show. I remember Earthworm Jim. That, that, was, a, that was a WB one. Yeah, I remember it had pretty good production. I don't remember much beyond the fact that it existed. I remember being very excited that there was an Earthworm Jim cartoon. So video games worked on TV, on TV for a while, but we didn't get a movie based on a video game until the 90s. Super Mario Brothers in 93 is actually the first video game movie that I can think of and that my research has pulled up that's actually based on a video game. Uh, we're not counting Tron because the video games were based on the movie, so Tron does not count in this because that did not have games before the movie. I know you love Super Mario Brothers. Do you think Super Mario Brothers worked as a video game movie, Cecil? Because I think Super Mario Brothers is a fine movie. I think it's an awful adaptation of the game. Well, it it fell into the category of there wasn't a whole lot of material for them to actually make a movie out of. I mean, if they had done it as an animated film, they probably could have got away with more of the goofiness of the uh, They already did that. Game. The Super Mario Brothers Super Show with Lou Albano and the live action segments and the animated parts. And I loved that show. I watched every single episode of that show. Did you do it to Mario? Swing your arms from side to side. No, I just kind of 
tap my foot during those parts. I wouldn't actually get up and dance. Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show! With the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game, we're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sick is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. such a bizarre way with it it it, i don't know it kind for me it it turned around and became awesome because it was so uh, i don't want to say far removed from the source material because there was so much of the source material in there it's just monkey exactly everything is so twisted on its head that at first look it's like what the hell and then you're like oh this is what this is supposed to be this is all this stuff so i thought it was it was unique they put a ton of like work into it and i don't know maybe if if the studio didn't fight with them so much and maybe if the directors had a little bit more confidence in what they were doing, which may have been a problem because the studio was fighting them constantly about it. I mean, there was the whole thing about how they got thrown off the set, and then the it was second unit director finished the film. And what do you think is going to happen when the creators of Max Headroom direct your movie? Yeah, it, it was like they the the producers were like, "Hey, Max Headroom's really popular right now. Let's get these directors to do this movie." And then when they basically make Super Mario Brothers slash Max Headroom, they're shocked. I liked it when it came out because I was what? How what year did that come out? Ninety-three. I was thirteen, and hi I, Fiona. Yeah, hi Fiona. So I really enjoyed the movie at, at thirteen, and I looked forward to it because they did a lot of advanced coverage of it in Nintendo Power. I thought the way that they envisioned the Mushroom Kingdom, how it could exist, that they expanded upon the video games, which is like here's the Mushroom Kingdom. It just exists because. The fact that they came up with the idea that, okay, there's this meteor and an underground, they all evolved from lizards, that made a lot of sense to me. And I like that they expanded it that way. Otherwise, it just looks like a mess, though. Bob Hoskins said there was only one film in his entire filmography he regretted. Well, I know what he said. I mean, he also, uh, you know, he also hated the, the director duo. This is the movie that Bob Hoskins regrets, not Son of the Mask. Yeah, this is the movie Bob Hoskins regrets. I think it's just an easy target. It's the movie that everybody is supposed to hate. Well, do you think that this being the first video game film kind of hurt video game films overall? Or do you think this was the necessary stepping stone to trying to make them good down the line? And, And I'm talking good as adaptation here. Honestly, I think Uwe Boll did more damage to the reputation of video game movies than Super Mario Brothers did. I'd say Uwe Boll to an extent because of the fact that he had to go on his own. He didn't get any support from the video game manufacturers, but it did a lot more damage than the early movies did. 
this film being a major box office bomb, I'm sure did not help things at all. With a $48 million budget only bringing in $20 million. Then you go from that the next year to, Alex brought it up earlier, Double Dragon, an $8 million budget only bringing in two, as well as horrendous reviews. Then after that, you've got Street Fighter, which does the same thing, except actually makes money. Video game movies didn't exactly start off with with a with a rolling bang did they well the problem was that hollywood was jumping on the bandwagon of you know video games are huge right now so we need to take them and turn them into movies and then the problem was it was that they weren't giving them enough support they were like okay well you know this movie needs to be structured or you know this video game needs to be structured more like a movie and they were like well look you know we've got this lore and this is how the movie or this is how the game is and they were infecting it too much so i think that in the case of like double dragon as much as i enjoy it because it's so corny. I think that it really should have been a little bit more, for lack of a better term, it should have been like how Mortal Kombat was. It was like 50-50. It was like 50% serious, 50% silly. Actually, probably more, maybe 60% serious, 40% silly. Double Dragon, they just went like 95% silly. It was just... They force-feed one of the villains, what is it, Brussels sprouts until he explodes? That's silly. That's what I'm saying. It's a like they bobo. they force fed a bobo after like he you know he got all steroided up and it's it's just goofy and silly and uh yeah they didn't I enjoy it in spite of itself. I think that they probably had a lot of fun doing it. Now Street Fighter on the other hand, the thing that people don't understand and what I went over when I did the movie is that the director absolutely positively was making a comedy. He recorded a commentary shortly after the film was made where he said, this movie is supposed to be funny. And he points out all these different points in the movie where he's like, I don't understand how people are like saying this movie is the greatest unintentional comedy ever, where he's like, no, this was intentionally supposed to be funny. What do you think happens, though, when you have an admittingly, and I'm not throwing rumors around, a completely coked out of his mind Jean-Claude Van Damme that doesn't even remember making the damn film, yet it was bent to his wishes. What do you expect the final product to look like? I, there, there was an article earlier this year, a really in-depth article with Steven D'Souza, and Jean-Claude is quoted in that he doesn't remember making this movie. He was so coked out of his mind that he's like, yeah, I made it, apparently. Van Damme didn't have anything to do with classic scenes like Zangief asking them to change the channel and stuff. That part is wonderful. Um, that part is one of the few genuinely funny moments in the film. I mean, not even in an ironic way, just that moment is genuinely funny. Especially the way the other actors just kind of turn at him like almost like it was an ad lib. Yeah, like they weren't expecting it at all. Just, yeah, because huh? the other actors seem a little surprised at that line too. Yeah, it's, it's a great moment in the movie. It really is. It plays out perfectly. And I mean, and how can you not love how just completely nuts Raul Julia is in it? I mean, he's giving it a freaking 11 performance. He is just beyond what the character needed. And, and he's it was actually awesome. And he's literally dying as he's doing it. I know, but it's, he's so great. Like, it's like, you know what? He went out giving his freaking all. And then some for this freaking role. I mean, he's cause his kids wanted him to be in this movie. So, and he was, and he was freaking awesome. 
unfortunately, because they shot in Thailand, he thinks that his crew and the cast, they spent so much time at emergency rooms getting their STDs taken care of, I'm not exaggerating, that he thinks the STD rate in Thailand singularly went up 10 to 15% just based on the time they were shooting in Thailand. Well, that is a lot of f***ing. Street Fighter is just going to reek of vaginal fluids flowing through the banks of every river of Thailand. (laughs) (laughs) They all arguably failed. I mean, Street Fighter made back its money. It only had a $35 million budget and made $100 million, so it made back its money, but it wasn't the hit that Capcom wanted it to be. Then in 1995, we got what is arguably the first hit of in both the critical sense and the financial sense of a video game movie, and that's Mortal Kombat, a film that should not be good. This film should not be good, but it is. I, I'm on record. I shouldn't like Mortal Kombat, but I do. Why shouldn't you? It's great. It's Paul Anderson. It's a PG-13 Mortal Kombat movie, but it's really well done. Yeah, it, it was it was awesome. It had I was skeptical because of course it was PG thirteen. However, that was back when PG thirteen still kind of would get away with a certain amount of violence. Now the old well let's film it R rated and then take out all the violence and make it PG thirteen. That was back when they would shoot a movie, say, Okay, we're aiming to get a PG thirteen, and they would push the envelope as far as they could and then maybe dial it back a little bit. It was pretty violent they still managed to get some of the fatalities in there they just didn't go with the really extremely bloody ones well unfortunately we can't say its sequel was great because mortal kombat annihilation was fucking terrible god was that bad what happened you had that you had wing commander you had Lara croft tomb raider final fantasy resident evil house of the dead alone in the dark I mean, from about 97 to 2005, there wasn't a good video game movie made, was there? Okay, uh, Josh, you shut your whore mouth. Resident Evil is awesome. I despised the first one. I actually liked the second one a smidge better, but not a whole lot. And then the third and fourth ones just made me go, nope, not doing this. Well, to kind of just uh, give a give a quick run through of the movies you mentioned, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, that for me was one of the most completely rug pulled out from under me movies because Mortal Kombat, the first one was so awesome that I was just like, oh, we're going to get more of that with the second one. And the sec- everything that made the first one awesome, they did the polar opposite for the second one. The second one was a horrible. Wing Commander is okay like i don't hate it but it's just kind of i don't i don't know i don't know what the hell they were thinking there's a lot of just like well and wing commander brings up a really interesting point too wing commander is made by the creator of the game yet it is so different from the game and insults the game that it makes you just go what were you thinking how did you screw this up the games play out so cinematically as it is with all FMV sequences that it's practically a movie already. Your script was right there. Yeah, and and, and then, but the movie also kind of, it kind of had contempt for its own audience. Spelling errors showing up on screen, such as Security Breach, B-R-E-E-C-H, flashing on the screen. You having gravity in space, like when the ships exit 
the hangar bay. They actually drop down a plane taking off from an aircraft carrier and things like that, where it almost kind of went, you know what, you people are so stupid, I'm not, I'm just going to talk down to you. It, it all, I mean, I can't believe the security breach thing made it past everybody. Big flashing on screen. B-R-E-E-C-H. How well, maybe that's that? Very, maybe that's very prescient about the direction our language is headed as it is. Maybe they, they could tell that the, this is where it's going. Because to me, th- that, <laughs> that's the kind of... A- to me, that's the kind of egregious error you do not get a pass for. Well, the thing is, I don't fault the director on this one because I don't know. The whole thing is, on the DVD and uh, just out there in general, very little is said about the movie. So I, after seeing it and knowing what the director is capable of, I just have this sneaking suspicion that there were uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, that there was too many producers. I've seen the DVD, like the back of the DVD, where, where, they, where they credit Shecky Cario's character to Jurgen Prochnow, mm-hmm. that they, they can't even label the actors right on the fucking box? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that this was a case of the studio completely not understanding the property that they had and consequently screwing it up majorly. So it's like, you know, it's one of those ones where it's like, yeah, you want to wonder, like, what the hell were they thinking? And I just think that, like, they didn't care or there was too much infighting. And then the end result was just a, uh, a mess. So it's a shame because it, it had potential. I mean, like, like Alex said, the games are already these cinematic freaking masterpieces. All they had to do was basically take that and turn it into a movie, and you would have had something great. But what happens when you go from Mark Hamill and Malcolm McDowell and John Rhys Davies, and you've got this A-list cast to Freddie Prinze Jr. and Matthew, Matthew Lillard, Lillard. <laughs> and do you see kind of a step down when you make the big-budget version? Tomb Raider, I thought they had visual visuals of it were great. Angelina Jolie did a wonderful impersonation of Lara Croft. She's got that really good way of faking the accent. I thought she looked really sexy. Problem but, is they forgot to write the damn thing. Well, that was the thing. It was for a movie called Tomb Raider, and considering that the games are all about tomb raiding, there was very little tombs in the movie. It was mostly her driving around and being aristocratic, and, and I, I don't know. It was also unnecessarily complicated with the whole conspiracy thing. Oh, God, yeah. That was so unnecessary. Yeah, they really just kind of overdid it, and I don't entirely know, like, I mean, I, I know what they were thinking. They were trying to set up this whole grand world instead of just kind of being like, okay, we're just going to set up the basics, and then we'll follow through with the next movie, you know, but... I didn't see the next one, so I actually, I actually did, I never, I hated the first one, so I never saw Cradle of Life, so I really don't know if that sucked ass or not. Um, I, I remember it being worse. <laughs> you slept through it theatrically? No, not theatrically. Every time I tried to put it on the television, I would fall right asleep with like uh, an energy drink in hand. Even it's that boring. <laughs> yeah, and and the ending is worth watching of the second one of Cradle of Life because it is some of the most just bad, bad, bad CGI for a really expensive film. There's these little monster things that come out in the caves, and oh, they just are they worse terrible. than Mummy Returns pygmy creatures? Yes, they are. Believe it or not, I'll I'll watch it if it's on or if I have nothing else to do. But, you know, I don't go out of my way to see it. Final Fantasy Spirits Within, I think, is a beautiful looking film. The the animation in it is outstanding. I like the story. I think that it is a good science fiction movie. I like I think it is a 
bad Final Fantasy movie. I, th- I like half the story. After James Woods goes crazy and turns the shields off on the city, to me, the entire story just goes down the toilet and just goes away. But I, I did like the first half of the movie. The second half, I, I don't know, it the bed. I dug it. I, I liked it a lot. I, I think, I mean, like I said, if, if the animation wasn't as strong, it probably wouldn't be as interesting. But um, I just, I, I liked the references to Final Fantasy, but it definitely was not a Final Fantasy movie. I went to a drive-in theater and we took some kids to see it and they slept right through the damn thing, but they were awake for the second feature of Scary Movie 2. Well, and then after that, we go to Resident Evil. I, I've, I'm a fan of the games and I just hated every single second of the movie. It pissed all over the continuity of the games. It pissed all over, well, everything. It it was a terrible movie, even if you don't know anything about the games. It's a movie that's just riddled with plot holes, cliched characters, things that make no sense. Michelle Rodriguez's character, for instance, makes no sense. Every single thing she does in that movie is something where you go, yes, I can totally see a 10-year veteran of this elite SWAT-type military unit acting like a goddamn idiot because the script needs a goddamn idiot moment. The, the movie was terrible. I just I t- couldn't get into it, and I never really followed through on the sequels that much because it just wasn't my thing. Cecil, since you like these, oh, God knows why, I thought- don't like them. I love them. I enjoy all of them to various degrees. Some I like more than others. I like the fact that it wasn't just a carbon copy of the games. It was contradicting the games. But the thing was, I am cool with that because it's like I already know everything that happens within the games. But it also was insulting the games by the very Alice character. That literally, you go through, I haven't seen the fifth movie, so I can only speak to the first four. The first four movies, not a single character gets to do a damn thing except Alice. The entirety of these four movies is, oh my god, Alice is so cool, and you should all be bowing to how f***ing cool Alice is. All you game characters, you're nothing to Alice. That's an insult to the games no it's not all the other like they had many of the other characters come in what happened was yes constantly to be saved by alice because none of them were allowed to be competent for even a second even ali larder in the i think it was the third one maybe it was the fourth one ali larder almost looked like she was going to be able to kill a mini boss but oh her gun jammed so Alice has to come and save her. God forbid we let one of the game characters do anything in these movies, right? Uh, you're just being angry for the sake of being angry. I had them on DVD. I just rebought them all on Blu-ray. I like them a whole lot. I enjoy them. I think that they're they're cool. They're shot well. They're they're, they're just entertaining movies to sit down and just watch and actually when the next one comes out I'm probably going to do a marathon of the whole set. I, I don't know. I know there's a lot of people that just get incredibly angry about them, about how they don't follow the game, about how they don't do that. But it's like, I, I think that even though they don't follow the game, they put enough of the game in there and have enough of the characters, have enough of the enemies. It feels familiar, even though it's different. So what can I say? I like them. And obviously there's enough people who like them and you know well enough for them to be this many of them. 
I'm not sure if like is the right word you're looking for, because I know a lot of people that go to them, we're just talking to and up here, because they're like, these movies are terrible. It's going to be fun. They go to these for how bad they are, not because they're good movies. They're like, oh, there's a new Resident Evil. This is going to be terrible. Let's go see it. Yeah, I tried that, and I got like in a fight with the diehard fans that legitimately love it. And they, really? Really? Yeah, they would not let me. They were like, shut the f*** up watching this. This is a good movie. Oh, well, so they yeah. were as dumb as Cecil. Okay. Oh, you shut up. The, the uh, if, if people are going to see a movie that is, quote unquote, you know, so bad, it doesn't come in making hundreds of millions of dollars. People will go, will watch something like The Room and just laugh at it or Troll 2 and laugh at it. But people don't go to the theater to see a movie to laugh at and then have it make hundreds of millions of dollars. There's not that many people that go into the movies ironically like that. I'm not sure. Let's just, I don't really like Rotten Tomatoes, but I, I the average... The average Resident Evil movie, ever, the Resident Evil movies average out at about a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. That means more people don't like them than do, Cecil. No, that means more critics don't like them. After that, we get into the Uwe Boll era. I And I told this to Uwe. I thought House of the Dead was one of the worst movies I've ever seen, regardless of it being a video game film. I think House of the Dead was a textbook example of how you screw up a video game movie. And again, kind of liked Alone in the Dark. Never played the game, so I can't speak one way or the other to how accurate they are. I didn't like Blood Rain. I loved Postal, but it's not really all that much like the game. I actually kind of liked Far Cry. What do you what do you think of the, the Uwe Boll ones? Because both of you said that you think Uwe Boll inadvertently did more damage to the video game movie being a viable thing than Super Mario Brothers and all them at the box office. Why do you think that? Because those were the only video game movies being made at the time. So it seemed like this is all that video game movies are. So, you know, why should we bother making a game of any, a movie of any video game if they're all going to look like this? So it kind of soiled the reputation of video game movies for a bit. The the problem that I had... Uh, and the problem that the industry had was like somebody like me or you or whatever knows, okay, Uwe Boll is not a high, he's not Steven Spielberg. And a movie that's based off of something like Blood Rain, Blood Rain is not Call of Duty. Blood, you know, Blood Rain, I love the game's Blood Rain, but Blood Rain is not as popular as some of the other things. But the studio heads, they don't look at it from that perspective. They see there's a director and he put $40 million into a video game movie and it made back $3 million. So from their perspective, video game movies are not a viable commodity. They saw, you know, House of the Dead was a big failure. Alone in the Dark was a big failure. Blood Rain was a monstrous failure. And they just saw the budgets of these things going up and they saw the receipts going down. So they weren't looking at it from the perspective of, well, here's a shitty director who is making bad movies that cost a lot of money so he can get through the German tax loophole. They're looking at it that audiences obviously don't want video game movies. And I think that that's what ended up really hurting the industry when it was trying to flourish. Do you think that hurt more than 
absolute pandering garbage like DOA, Hitman, or Max Payne, or Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li, or Prince of Persia, these big-budget, just horrendous, horrendous films that were not Uwe Boll. I like DOA a lot because the games are exactly that. It's girls with big boobs, and they're fighting in bikinis and playing volleyball, and there's... And fighting Eric Roberts? And fighting Eric Roberts with magic sunglasses. Because why not? Because what the hell? It's Eric Roberts. I I like DOA a lot. I think it is uh, exactly what a DOA movie should have been. Hitman was terrible. Uh, Max Payne was (laughs) probably one of the worst video game movies. (laughs) And it was such a shame because it's such a great game and there's so much for them to work off of. But holy crap, they got the most incompetent director who makes the most boring action films ever, and yet they keep giving, uh, is John Moore, they keep giving him bigger and bigger properties and more and more money, and he keeps making terrible movie after terrible movie. So Max Payne was pretty much destined to fail. Max Payne is unwatchable. To be honest, the only one I watched was Max Payne because somebody else had asked me to watch that movie. I hadn't played any of those other games, so I never really got motivated to see the movies. I never played Hitman or DOA. The Chun-Li one, I'm like, eh, I've heard so many terrible things about it. Surprisingly enough, the Chun-Li Street Fighter movie gets what it should have wrong and what it shouldn't have right. It, It does kind of make up for the goofiness in tone and style of the 90s Street Fighter, at the same time pissing all over the characters even worse than the, than the D'Souza Street Fighter. I don't, that one, it seemed like it had the right intention. They gave it to an incompetent moron who didn't seem to know what to do with what he was given. Like, he was given, hey, we want to fix the reputation of Street Fighter in the films, and he's like, fix it? That means do this, right? And the thing was, like, okay, you've got a movie where your lead actress is going to be doing, I'd say, 80% of the fights in the film. And who do you give it to? You give it to Kristen Kreuk, who is incredibly attractive, does not know any sort of kung fu. No, so nor they've got her. she really act all that well either. Yeah, she's not really strong enough to pull off a lead. So what I didn't understand, and the thing was, she wasn't really that big of a name. Like, people knew her from Smallville, and that was about it. So if they were going by somebody with a name, that wasn't going to pull in that big of an audience. Why not get somebody who actually knows how to fight and then make the fight sequences that much more believable? Even if you've got a really bad story that's just ridiculous and stupid and has like so many cliches and whatnot you could still be like you know what it was silly but oh my god those fight sequences were awesome i don't know how many movies i've watched where i've enjoyed them even though the story was bad but because the fights were so good so they could have at least got that right but they didn't even go that far and they just got you know her who like i do like i don't have a problem with her i just think that she was tremendously miscast well, but then you also got ones that, like, it was never released in America, but, like, the Tekken live-action movie. Never been a fan of the Tekken games. I actually kind of liked the Tekken movie. It, I thought it was brutally unoriginal. It basically was an amalgamation of, we'll take this piece from Blade Runner, this piece from Mortal Kombat, this piece from this, this piece from this. It was just like a hodgepodge 
of all of the best aspects of a bunch of other dystopian and sci-fi and kung fu movies all meshed together, but I didn't hate it. Does that say something bad about me? No, it just says that your tastes are different from other people. I never actually saw it. Now, the Tekken games I did play. I didn't even know there were movies of them until just a couple of years ago, though. Those things just kind of flew under my radar. Because they were never released in America. Those were international movies only, even though they've got some pretty big Americans on the cast. You've got the ones that I've been avoiding because I wanted to talk about these separately. you got the Silent Hill movies. I never saw the second one. Or is there a third one now? I don't know. I've only seen the first one. No. There's just two. Okay. There will never be a third one. That second one was a total piece of rotten shit. Okay, the like I said, one... I didn't see that one. But the first one, I didn't mind it. But I never played the game, so I have no frame of reference to whether it's even remotely accurate or not. Well, you could watch my uh, video on it and uh, see just how accurate it was to the game. You get no click out of me! <laughs> you won't believe what happens next. See, I didn't even know that it was based on a video game when I first saw it. I didn't even hear even hear about the games until I was talking about the movie after the fact. I thought this was a very original horror movie. I didn't know it was based off of a game. Well, and then you got the other big one, where I have a feeling Cecil and I are probably going to fight, and I honestly don't know your feelings on this one, Jowski. Doom. I'm, I've never been a big fan of the games. I've played a couple of the early ones, but, you know, I don't hate them. I'm just not a fan of them. I enjoyed parts of the Doom movie quite a bit, honestly. There were parts I couldn't stand. I thought outside of outside of Reaper and Sarge, the characters were about as stock as you could get, and some of the movies seemed to be there more for shocks and gore than actually trying to either adapt the game or, tell, or move the story along. At the same time, I enjoyed it, and I liked... I think that's the first time we've ever truly seen The Rock play a villain... I don't know if you can count Scorpion King, but not really, sort of almost, maybe. I, I enjoyed certain aspects of Doom, and I hated other aspects, so 50-50. It had its moments. I couldn't really pay attention to it when it came out. I had a hard time with it, but I didn't mind it. Uh, just going back to Silent Hill for a second, I, I think that the first Silent Hill is brilliant, and the second one... I think is okay. I think it's good. It's got some cool moments. Uh, I like some of the visuals, but you could tell that they were trying much harder to make it more appealing to a mass audience instead of catering a little bit more towards the focus of how the first one was. But anyway, for Doom, I like it. Uh, I thought it could have been better, but at least... They tried to do it closer to the games. Like they put the first person section in there, which I thought was awesome. Do you and... think I, some of my, my criticisms were legitimate about how outside of Reaper and Sarge, the cast is about as stock as you can get when it comes to every movie mercenary group you've got, you know, ever in movies? Oh, God, yeah. You know, you had you had the one sexual deviant. You had the walking penis. You had uh, the the guy who was the the new kid. Yeah, it was just the most generic you, you, stock. You, you, the, 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 you had the overt religious guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, the, it was the stock mercenary team from every action movie ever. Honestly, the, the better way to do the movie would have been to have this group of stock characters land on Mars and... And then immediately all of them get wiped out except for Sarge and Reaper and then have the two of them like have Sarge turn right away and then have him and Reaper fighting back and forth throughout the course of the film. That would have been the better movie. 
But instead, you know, they went the whole, oh, it's a virus because we can't have it say it was Be hell, hell. opened. And yeah, because they, they didn't want to piss off the Catholics. And it was it was entertaining. It was good. It could have been a lot better. But I at least like that they tried and they did go R rated, which I will always give, you know, a big thumbs up to because at least they went that far. They didn't puss out. I actually think they went too far, though, because. Like I said, I think a lot of the scenes in that were gory for the sake of gory, not gory for the sake of setting a mood or, or tone or moving the story along. It was, oh, that's gross. That's why that scene exists. I, I, it seems like they they said, we're going to go so far beyond a PG-13 that it became pointless again. Eh, but, you know, it's it's an R-rated movie. I don't know. I guess I guess after seeing some of the stuff that I've seen, I'm so desensitized that like when I see mainstream gore, it's it's like, oh, cool. Now, what about movies about video games? Like I brought up Tron earlier, which technically I don't count as a video game movie because the games didn't come out till after the movie. But that's all about video games or Graydon Clark's awesome joysticks from 1983, which is basically a Porky's knockoff set in an arcade. But you've got those kind of movies. You have the movies that are about video games. I hated it, but Grandma's Boy and whatnot. Do you think those help or hurt? I think they help because it kind of opens people up more to geek culture and gets them interested in more things than just, okay, this is a movie based on a video game. Gets people more interested in the culture of video games. Even if it's something as horrendous as that Jason Lee noobs movie from a year or two ago, which is easily the worst quote-unquote comedy I've seen in a long time. I've actually never seen it. How could you not like Grandma's Boy? Grandma's Boy is hysterical. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> it's like I don't even know you. I've, dude, I've seen Grandma's Boy way too many times. I, I Have really... you seen Joysticks from um, Graydon saw... Clark? No, no, I have seen Joyce. Wasn't Joe Don Baker in that? Yeah, he did. Joe Don Baker's the villain. He's the villain. I saw it so long ago. John I know Deal it just from, came out uh, on DVD John Deal from ago. Miami Vice is one of the punks too. He's one of. I, I love the name of the of the punk villain, the King Vidiot. <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah, like movies like Joysticks and uh, they they show it, to me that at least is a little bit more genuine because it's like, all right, this is kind of a fairly is somewhat over the top, but still fairly genuine depiction of, you know, video game arcades in the 80s. Well, I, uh, I whereas, don't know. It's kind of a quirky style teen sex but, comedy but, set but in that's arcade. What I, but that's what I mean. I'm saying it's it's not 100% accurate, but it did kind of capture a, a bit of the feel of that. Uh, whereas something like, I haven't... I, I haven't seen Noobs beyond the trailer, but from what I've seen of the trailer, it looks like it's just pushing forward the stereotypical nerd, you know, who plays video games. Actually, it's it's worse than that. Oh, yeah. Noobs is almost an angry letter to get out of my clubhouse. It's it's like it's, and I don't know anything about the filmmakers, but it's like it's by filmmakers who say, this is my world and I don't want you norms in it. It's almost like a mean-spirited, this is my world son of a bitch and it's mean to the to people who are not part of this culture that i think doesn't help at all i i've been meaning to watch it just out of curiosity because there's a lot of people who i know uh from the industry are in it 
So, but I think that it, it's kind of like a lot of things where uh, they sign on because they think it's going to be one thing and then the movie ends up being another. So uh, I'll, I'll see it eventually, but I'm not in a particular hurry. I also uh, want to mention movies that are, well, if you want to say documentaries that are about video games, you got to go with King of Kong, which I adore that movie. Well, I, I adore I, that okay, documentary gonna, slash talk, movie. If we're going to talk about that era, have you seen Chasing Ghosts? I only saw a little bit of Chasing Ghosts, but I know it was the more serious King of Kong, basically. It's, it's, a, it's actually depressing. Mm-hmm. At just how bad these people's lives turned out after, you know, they became world Pac-Man champion and whatnot. It's actually kind of a depressing documentary, honestly. Yeah, that's, that's what I had heard about. It's one of the reasons why I wasn't watching it, because it's King of Kong kind of presents a lot of it in, in, a, in a humorous light where some of the people are like, all right, well, this guy, you know, he plays video games and he or he, he works for uh, Twin Galaxies and he watches all these videos. But then in Chasing Ghosts, you find out that like, the guy has like massive OCD and, and he just works at some crap job. And it, it yeah, it, it makes it a little too real. I absolutely love King of Kong. That's I really get into that documentary. I don't know how accurate it is in portraying the people that are in it, but I do love King of Kong. It seems like Hollywood is finally starting to greenlight movies or is finally starting to greenlight video games that make sense as being movies. Are, are you serious? Uh, Angry Birds has a release date in 2016. I didn't, say, I didn't say all of them, but I mean, like, I'm talking like Assassin's Creed, Metal Gear Solid, uh, Sly Cooper, Mass Effect, World of Warcraft. These are these are video games that it makes sense that they would transition them into movies. Something like Angry Birds, as much as I think it's a terrible idea, that all that does make sense. Be, from their perspective, Angry Birds is a phenomenon that made a crap ton of money. And if they make a stupid animated film, then there are going to be a bunch of kids that drag their parents to go see it. I can almost guarantee that that movie is, it could be the worst thing ever and it'll still make serious bank. And I, but I don't get the whole angry birds phenomenon. I mean, I understand people, you know, that play it. I personally think it freaking sucks. I don't know if I would consider this a video game movie, but war games, is that an 80s video game movie, or is that a movie about video games? I would put that more in computers than video games. That was a movie primarily about computers and the internet that happened to have some video game elements in it. That's more like calling Hackers a video game movie. I wouldn't really call War Games a video game movie. Well, what about some of the slasher video game movies we had in the last 10 or so years, like that horrendous Stay Alive? Oh, or, shush. Shut up, you. <laughs> or or Hellraiser 8, which, yeah, that's a video game movie. What what about that? What is it about combining video games and slashers that there was a this brief window where we got a couple of those, and of course they were all terrible. Yes, they were, Cecil. I, I never see those hit on lists of movies that are about games. Why do you think the slasher game genre, if, if that's what it is, is left out? Because those aren't really... Well, I guess they are video game movies. I don't know. I guess not enough people embrace them enough. Or because Stay Alive is a piece of crap. Stay Alive is a good movie that the studio meddled with Oh, yeah, the studio is at fault. Right. No, All you're right. not... You, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Boy, we, I, we are really batting it out this week. I more so than last week. 
the the thing with Stay Alive was the uh, director that was working on it when he fr- I don't remember the initial studio, but when they signed on and he started working on the film, he it was whatever studio he had signed on at the time. And maybe about halfway through the production, Disney bought out the studio. And they were like, he was making an R-rated film. And they basically came and they're like, well, you know, we're Disney. We can't have you making an R-rated film with, with, with Malcolm in the middle. So they cut his budget and changed it so that there were a lot of effect shots that he couldn't finish. And when they finally, uh, you know, put the movie out, they forced it to come out as PG-13. And the thing was, they didn't have the budget to where they could kind of recut the film or rewrite certain parts of it to cover up the fact that it no longer are. So there were certain characters that had parts in it where they died, where you didn't really see it or it was off screen. There were a lot of things, effect shots that weren't finished. And that got released to theaters and people were like, what the hell? And then when it finally came out on DVD, the director fought and got it released. Uh, There was the PG-13 cut and there was the unrated cut. And the unrated cut, he put back into it what he could. There were some effect shots that were just so bad because they weren't finished that he just put in there as like a deleted scene. But they tried to put together the best possible version of the film with the footage that they had. And I think as that was... It was a good movie. It could have been a lot better if Disney didn't show up and completely screw the whole thing over. But the thing is, most people don't know that. Most people just know, ah, this movie was PG-13. It had Malcolm in the Middle in it. Up, oh, sucks. I don't remember which. I don't, honestly don't know which version I saw. I, but the one I saw sucked ass. And you, to me, no amount of changes could have saved the, the ass suck that I saw. Your final thoughts on video game movies. Do they work? Do they not work? Does does it matter if you get the right people behind them, or is it an is in is it an inherently flawed transition to begin with? I think it can work under the right direction. Some people have made great ones. Other people that you know they didn't have the passion for it made terrible ones. If if you have the passion to tell a good story from this source material, you can make a good movie. If you're just trying to make money, then it's probably gonna come out pretty bad. I think that there is potential to make really good movies. I think in the past we've had a few, but unfortunately there have been a lot of ones that have sullied the reputation. So it makes it hard for Resident when you got, Evil. Oh, shut up. It makes it hard for when you have somebody who's like, I have this idea uh, for this. You know, we want to take X movie and, or X video game and make it into a movie. And then you have the producers that are like, ah, well, you know, this movie failed and this movie failed. And if we're going to do it, then we have to change this, that and the other thing. That is a big part of the problem. You need a director who's passionate about it and who understands what makes the video game work and then team up with producers who understand that and will give him the freedom to take that artistic vision and make it as good as possible instead of trying to make it appeal to the biggest audience possible. Because when they do that, 90% of the time they fail miserably. But so I, I think that we're getting to the part where they're maybe going to start making better video game films more consistently. I'm not so sure I agree with you. I was, like I said, I was looking at the slate of all the ones that are coming out. They all seem to be like throwing a ton of money at these things without really understanding why the game might work or dealing with the the inevitable transition from this works as a game, this does this will not work as a movie. 
And I think that is that is the thing both the filmmakers and the studios are not quite getting yet. There's a reason that you've got like Clive Barker's Jericho. That works as a game. If they would adapt the, that game into a movie, it would be terrible because of all the changes you'd have to make to get out of the video game aspect of it. So to me, certain things are video games, certain things are movies. Just like most movies don't translate well to video games, I think most video games don't translate well to movies. I just think that's the mediums are too different, but I might be wrong on that. So, Alex... You've got you've got one life left. Where can people find you using it? At geekjuicemedia.com. Cecil, you've just plunked five dollars in, and you're going to beat this game. You're going to flip it. Where where can people find you? You can find me at goodbadflicks.com as well as geekjuicemedia.com. You can find me losing myself into the game and having more than just my joystick in my hand at geekjuicemedia.com as well as 1201beyond.com, and you can contact the show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. And you guys all know what I'm about to play here. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.